You're listening to Season 2, Episode 2 of How She Creates. Today I'm interviewing Brandy Kincaid about being present in the world around you and turning that into art. We have a really fun challenge for you, so let's get started. Welcome to How She Creates. I'm your creative fairy godmother, Lauren. I'm here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite makers to learn how they create. We'll discuss what it means to live a creative lifestyle, the best resources and tools for making, where to find inspiration, and so much more. I hope these conversations encourage you to make more stuff and share it with the world so we can all see how you create. How She Creates is sponsored by Get Messy Art Journal. Get Messy is an art journal membership community that shares tutorials, inspirations, prompts, challenges, and more each week. Get Messy's goal is to help you nurture your creativity, become the artist you desire to be, and find your creative community. When you sign up for Get Messy's mailing list, you get access to three free classes, one on how to find your creative style, introduction to Art Journal 101, and Art Journal 102, Elevate Your Art Journaling. Get Messy has an amazing community of artists who are waiting to welcome and support you in your art journey. Learn more and sign up for Get Messy in their awesome newsletter at getmessyartjournal.com. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for being back here again and for listening to the podcast. This has really, truly been a great labor of love and joy and has filled my soul with so much joy um, and encouragement and wisdom as I've been talking to so many creative people. And this conversation is definitely one of them. Brandy is truly fantastic. And I, I just cannot wait for you to be able to hear her story and hear more about her and hear all of the wisdom that she has to share with us. Her con- Our conversation today was really encouraging and convicting for me also um, about how present I am in the world. And so I really hope you leave this conversation with a renewed sense of excitement and joy to get out in the world and experience it and to not hide in your art studio. Um, But we have a few housekeeping things that we need to take care of first. So in an effort to make things a lot easier for me and for everyone, we have combined everything of how she creates with Lauren likes. So that is my personal blog, website, Instagram, newsletter. So everything for how she creates is now going to come out through Lauren Likes. So you're going to get all the show notes, all the podcast updates on Instagram, all the newsletters are going to come from there. And you can find everything at lauren-likes.com is the website. And Lauren Likes blog is who I am on Instagram. So I'd love for you to follow me there. And you can sign up for my newsletter either through Instagram or through my blog and website. And so every week I will send you notifications and updates about what's going on with how she creates. And you can get more information on our artists there and you can see all of the past podcasts. Again, that's at lauren-likes.com slash podcast has all the past show notes and everything you need to get started with the podcast. And so I'd really appreciate it and love it if you would come over there and follow me and say hello. So I know who you are and where you're coming from, but we're just going to make it a lot easier for everybody that way. So I just really appreciate um, your understanding and support with that. 
But now we're going to go ahead and get started with our episode. I love to be able to look up whoever I'm listening to really quickly. So if you want to, you know, jump on Instagram really quickly, but make sure you don't get to get sidetracked and be sure to come back. You can look up Brandy underscore Kincaid, and that's Brandy spelled with an I. And she is our guest today, and she is an amazing paper crafter and designer. And she shares a lot of her process online, and she makes really, really beautiful things. And you can find um, her work and her designs on her website, which is brandykincaid.com. And so make sure you go say hello to her and you check out the show notes again, which are going to have a lot of links to everything that we're going to talk about in there. And again, that's at lauren-likes.com. And so I hope you enjoy the conversation today as much as I enjoyed having it. Thank you so much for being here, Brandy. I am so excited to chat with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah. And so Brandy, this is actually your second time on the podcast. So last time you were here, you were here with Pam Garrison talking about um, creative teaching, teaching creative classes. And so I'm really excited today to talk with you about um, making creativity fun because I just feel like every time I look at your stuff, it just screams fun to me. There's so much personality in it and so much excitement. And so I really just want to talk about how you keep your work so fun and um, how you infuse so much personality into that. Um, But we'll get to that. So first, if you'll just do a quick introduction for us in case anybody doesn't know you. Absolutely. So I am living in Bellingham, Washington, which is in the um, Pacific Northwest in the United States, really close to the Canadian border. Um, But I'm actually from the deep south, so I came out here from Georgia. Um, I am currently employed um, full-time as an artist. That started last year. Actually, I just covered my one-year anniversary um, working for myself as an artist. So it's been a really... (laughs) Thank you. It's been kind of a crazy year. I've learned a lot um, and then I do a couple days a week. I work at our local um, art museums. Um, we have a couple buildings here in town and I work in those um, just mostly with guests. And so it's kind of my way to get out of the house and out of my pajamas. Otherwise, I would just sit in them and drink coffee and draw all day. Um, so, oh, that's... I understand that for sure. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and I'm I'm loving it. I mean, it's definitely not magical, easy peasy, but it's very happy making. Absolutely. And I have just seen so much incredible stuff come out of you in the past year. So I'm really excited to talk about that more. We're definitely going to talk about the museum because um, your, um, what do you call them where you, where you meet people and then you draw them and tell their stories? I don't have a snazzy name for it. And you're just making <gasps> me realize that I know. Oh. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, we can talk more about them, but I do need a name for that. Yes. Okay, so perfect. So we're going to get to all that. Um, But so to start off, will you tell us the really short version of your creative story, how you fell in love with creating, and more about your specific art form that you, you use? Absolutely. So I come from a family of makers. My grandmother was a um, seamstress, so she was a personal seamstress for a number of people throughout her life. She also ran a catering business, and then later in her life, she had a fabric store. 
uh, which was heaven for me when we would visit. Um, and my mother was also a maker. She um, sewed and she did um, knitting and embroidery and things. So I kind of grew up in the world of um, you make things yourself. So um, there's not a lot available to you. Find something and make what you need to see. And so I started out drawing really early, and that was a huge love of mine. Um, and I drew until I hit my terrible teens um, when it wasn't really cool anymore. Uh, actually, nothing was cool anymore. And um, I kind of gave it up for a while. It just didn't seem like something I felt I was really good at. Um, I definitely went through a period of my life where I had to feel like I was really excellent at something to do it. Uh, and so I pursued um, writing and I got uh, my degree, my master's degree in English. And I just felt like that's what I was going to do. I was going to teach and write. Um, and in the last handful of years... Um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer and I started doing memory keeping um, in order to kind of preserve some of those um, some of those memories I grew up with. And in doing that, it kind of brought back my love of making things. And so the more I made, the more I wanted to make things for myself to use. So I drew papers and I drew in my mini albums and I just started doing more and more and I got up the courage to share more. And what I found is the more that you share, the more feedback you get, um, the more it can spur what's already inside of you. So um, I started making and sharing more and got a lot of encouragement for it and found that it really was a true passion of mine. Um, so now I primarily do a lot with um, with kind of a drawing style. So I would say that I do a lot of line work. Um, I do pen and ink drawings. I still do a lot of with pencil and paper, but I've also moved into the digital age. So I'm doing a lot of um, digital drawings and I design papers and stamps and other kind of fun prints and things. And my whole goal with everything that I'm working on, uh, whether I'm, you know, bringing in a bit of collage or paint or just kind of keeping it ink and paper is to capture kind of the, the little bits of life, like the everyday things that are really kind of amazing in my art or what I'm doing. So that's kind of where I am now is I'm, I'm trying to capture the world around me and how I see it through these drawings. Yeah, I, I follow you really closely because I love everything you do. And so, you know, as, as being a creative person, person, you know, we all have multifacets and different interests. And so I've definitely seen like the majority of your work and the different things that you do and that you share about. But absolutely what I associate with you is your drawings and and specifically your people, um, because like I said, they just have so much personality. Um, and I feel like I really know them when I see your drawings. So I just love, love them so much. Um, so can you tell us more what that process is like for you when you're starting a drawing, working on a drawing? Yeah. Um, so I'll use the people as an example. Uh, throughout my day, I carry notebooks with me constantly. I always have two on me. I have my commonplace book, which is where I record um, bits of the world around me, whether it's actually a physical scrap of paper, ephemera, or words or quotes or something that someone has said. And then a notebook where I sketch out ideas and things. Um, and so when I'm paying attention to the world around me, I'm always taking notes, whether it's that I meet someone at the museum who says something to me that is really interesting, or I overhear a scrap of conversation, 
or I am walking down the street and I find half a crayon that's like this perfect salmon pink. Um, and I keep all of those things with me. And then when I have a moment to sit down and draw, I pull from those. So I take them out and I look at them and I use that as inspiration. So if I'm doing a person, then I might have had this really awesome conversation. And so I try to draw out that person based on the things that really stood out to me. My drawings are not complex. This is not a, a realistic version of, um, of the person, but it's just a representation of them. Um, I try to pick out something that really stood out about them, whether that's their hair or their outfit or just some quality that really captures them. Um, I always try my best to ask permission if I'm going to actually draw the person. Not that they'll ever see it later necessarily, but I just try to be really respectful of that. If I didn't get permission, then I usually only put the words on there. Um, and then I just sit and I do, I sketch everything first, whether it's on paper or digitally. I have um, a pencil brush in my digital drawing that I've created that kind of mimics the way my pencil lines are. So... I always sketch it out really messily first, and then I kind of start layering over uh, the ink work and the color. Um, and the color is hugely important to me. I'm a big color person. Um, I love pops of color against the cleanness of white. Um, so I kind of start building it from there. And honestly, I think that while I love the initial conversation that spurred or inspired the drawing, and I love the drawing itself... I love the life that it takes on after uh, when I share it and the conversation grows and people um, can weigh in and um, have a conversation with the piece that I just made. That's when it really kind of explodes to me. And then I'm, ex I'm really inspired to do the next one. Oh gosh. I'm so inspired just listening to you talk about it. Um, so, okay. So I love the fact that you're constantly looking around you, looking for inspiration in the world. Um, do you feel like that's a natural thing you do or did you have to work at that? Do you have to remind yourself to do that? How, how does that evolve for you in your daily life? Um, I think that that is my natural state of being. It's more that that is my natural state to kind of sit and observe um, and less so to interact with the world. So if I actually had a conversation with um, most of these people and not just something that I overheard, um, it's because they've initiated it with me. I would really kind of stand back and just pay attention to the world most of the time and let it happen around me. And I've been like that since I was little. Um, I like a lot of space and I wouldn't mind just being like a miniature version of me that could kind of like pop in and out of situations. <laughs> like no one would really see me. I would just kind of be on the periphery. Um, and so it feels good to me to just be paying attention to the world around me. And I think it's because there's honestly, I'm one of those people who is constantly in my head. There's so much going on in my head. Um, it's always something's running, running, running through my head. And so sometimes that can be overwhelming and stressful. And to kind of take a deep breath and look around and pay attention to the world that's happening outside of my head feels so life-affirming and so amazing that like nothing is ever too good or too bad. It's just like we're doing our best to get by. And those little pieces of how we get by, which is someone's snippet of what they say to me at the bus stop or that broken crown or whatever it is, it just, 
I feel like that is the most important thing that I could be doing right now is to just pay attention to that and then call attention to it. But you know, Brandy, you're saying that you would rather be kind of on the outskirts of what's happening, but you are very intentionally putting yourself in the world. You know, you're at the bus stop, you're working at the museum, you're going places you know, and that's so easy for us to like get in our car and drive to the grocery store and get back in our car and go back home. Um, and so I think that you're putting yourself in a situation where you can interact and observe with the world more so than, than we normally would, I think. Um, so I think that's a awesome thing that you're doing. Do you feel like you, you're doing that purposefully or that's just kind of like how your life is? Uh, Some of it, I think, is just how my life is, just the way it's scheduled. I mean, obviously, I took the museum job purposefully. When I left my full-time office job to work as an artist, I knew that I needed to have something else that removed me from home um, and kind of got me back out and around people. And so that was definitely a purposeful step. Um, But I like that perspective. I like thinking about the fact that I guess I am putting myself out there. I feel like in life, it feels like doing it in a really quiet way, uh, which feels good to me just to kind of be that observer. I'm amazed by how many people just want to be listened to. You know, I mean, I live in a, I mean, we just moved out of our very downtown kind of home that we lived in. Um, So we live slightly removed, like a mile down the street, but I still work right in the downtown area. And there are a lot of personalities and a lot of people who inhabit um, the even small cities in the downtown space. And I watch people become so hesitant of who they're talking to and who they're looking at and how they're interacting with each other. And they're concerned about what kind of interaction might come of it. And I found that I don't have any of those concerns because I think most people just want to be heard. And so I love being able to just be quiet and listen to what someone needs to say. I love that. That's that's such a gift that you give to other people when you do that too. And you don't even realize it, um, the impact that that has on other people. You know, and then turning around and telling their stories, even if, you know, they don't know that that is a gift you're giving them, you know, giving their day and whatever they were doing, new meaning and new life and giving that purpose. Um, And so when you're watching people and you're looking for those little bits of personality that you were saying, you know, you you like to draw out those um, characteristics of people. What is it? Like, what will grab your attention? What can we be looking for when we're out observing the world? So I think the first thing that I'm probably capturing uh, are words. I'm a big believer in the power of words. And I think that words fuel every drawing that I do. Like, I might be making images, but there are words behind it that inspire it. Um, I have a lot of people who comment and say, I never have that interesting of a conversation. And I actually think that these conversations aren't that interesting. It's just what I'm choosing to pull out and share. Um, I think sometimes we look at the picture as a whole. So we look at an entire conversation we have with someone instead of the fact that they can say half a sentence that is just so powerful to us. And we don't always have to have it in the bigger context. We can pull that bit out. Like someone can say, be telling a story about the dinner they had last night and they can tell you everything they ate and who was there and how they set up the table. But in the middle of that conversation, they can say something like, 
you know, um, I was full and empty all at the same time. And that line of like being full and empty all at the same time could be what just kind of makes you stop for a minute. And instead of getting so lost in the rest of the story, we can jot down that line or choose to kind of pull it to a piece of our brain and remember it while we listen to the rest and take what we need from that. Um, Because it could be that that really didn't mean anything to the other person, but it means something to us, which I think is powerful. And I'm already thinking of a drawing I could do from that. But it could also be that it really did mean something huge to them, but they didn't know how to communicate it, or they don't really know what it means to them yet. And they were just kind of spilling it out in stream of consciousness because they're talking about this dinner party. You know, I think that's the thing is just to not throw out one little piece looking at the bigger picture. Um, those kind of little bits and little stitches in life are just so valuable. And it's okay to take what we need from them. You know, we're not negating someone's story by only taking half a sentence. We're just saying, wow, what you just did there totally spoke to me. And now I want to, you know, sew something because of it or um, draw something or paint something. Yeah. That, yes, that is just incredible to hear you talk about that. And so, so, but what do you do? Because I feel like we all have, you know, inspiration and ideas and, you know, you're just saying, I just thought of a drawing I could do, you know, how do you, how do you keep it from being work? I mean, do you only draw when you're excited about something? Do you make yourself sit down and draw? Because I have an idea notebook too, that I keep with me, but I feel like I have so many ideas and stuff in there and observations and things that I wrote down that are just sitting. Like I have to really force myself to go back and work on those. How do you, how do you balance that? Do you make it, is it only when you're, you want to have fun and draw or, or do you just make yourself do it as work every day? Uh, I do make myself do it. Uh, I usually refer to it as my practice time. Um, and that is that because, so I want to be really honest about this. Working for myself as an artist, one of the biggest, um, not pitfalls, but one of the biggest stumbling blocks I come to is the um, the very real <laughs> presence of guilt. Um, anytime I am not working on something for a client or for someone I'm in collaboration with, I feel guilty. It's hard to take days off. If I'm behind on something because I'm not inspired or I'm moving slowly on it, I don't always feel like I have the right to work on something else. And so I want to be honest about that because that doesn't go away. But I know that I'm not a good artist unless I am um, taking care of kind of my work. And my work is the practice of being in the world. So I will carve out, and if that means I have to get up an hour early or stay up an hour late, I'll carve out an hour to practice. Sometimes I am really good about this and I let the guilt go and I will do this once a day, every day, which is what I really want ideally to do. And sometimes I do it once a week because the guilt monster is strong and I'm just doing the best I can. Um, But I think that old adage that inspiration finds you working is so 100% true. Um, You have to just do it. You have to decide that part of what makes me a better person or a better artist is participating in this practice. So I draw something. I share a lot of it because that keeps me accountable. I do better when I need to kind of just put it out there because I have to let it go a little bit. Um, I can't keep fussing over it because it's just done. It's quick. I've only got an hour and here it is. Um, I also give myself permission 
to do things multiple times. I think sometimes we feel like our inspiration notes are really precious. Like we have this idea and it's so amazing and we can't, we don't have time to do it well now. So we need to hold on to it. Um, and I don't think that's true. I think we can do a quick, maybe shoddy, but really honest, heartfelt job of like drawing it out or painting it out or trying to half make something first. And then we can come back to it later and redo it or add to it or, you know, give it some new life. And we can do that 10 times until it gets to where it needs to go. Um, no idea is precious. And I think that that practice hour forces that out of you because you only have a piece of time in order to create something. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I love that what you said about re you can rework things, you know, you, you don't have to be done forever, but you can be done enough for now. I definitely really struggle with that of only wanting to share like the perfect finished thing and not the process. And that's what I love seeing. I love love seeing other people's process and watching, you know, like a story build. And so that's a great, great reminder and great tip for all of us um, to remember that we can rework and keep adding to things, but done for today is done enough for now. Um, I love that. And so do you ever find yourself out of inspiration? You don't have anything to draw, anything to do. What do you do? So uh, definitely, um, sometimes I think it's less about being out of inspiration and more about an unwillingness to pay attention to what's there. You know, I'm tired or grumpy or feeling doubtful or insecure about something. So I'm like, I don't have any inspiration. Um, and I do two different things. Sometimes I try to just take a break and sit with the discomfort of not feeling like I have an idea. Um, you don't always have to push it. Like inspiration finds you working, sure, but um, if you don't take a break, you can't keep working. So sometimes I just let it be. Um, and sometimes I switch to something totally different, and that's where I find my inspiration. Usually I'm not going to switch to something else and be good at it. Um, I tried to sew a stuffed animal for my friend's birthday recently, and I promise you I used to do that, but it was it was bad bunnies. I mean, it was really terrible. But it also came at a time where I was feeling a little burnt out and ideas weren't working out and I didn't feel like I had any more ideas. And putting creative energy towards that, even though it turned out really, really bad, um, allowed me then to come back to the other work I was doing with kind of refreshed eyes. I was both grateful that I was doing something that actually I wasn't that bad at. And I had had time to kind of loosen up and pay attention a little bit more and let the inspiration come back. Okay. So you have a really unique personal style, but how do you stick with it? Is that how you do it? You, you know, you go back and forth between other projects and drawing is kind of your one thing that you do pretty consistently. Do you feel like your drawing is really consistently in a style? Um, that's a tough question. Sometimes I feel like I haven't found my my style or, you know, my niche or what that's going to look like. Um, and then sometimes I'll look back through like one of my social media feeds or something and I think, oh, there's definitely a style there. Um, there's a there's a personality peeping through. Um, so I would say that I don't know that I'm doing anything specific to maintain it or to create it because obviously I feel like it's not there yet. 
Um, but I'm just doing what I know how to do and then trying every once in a while to push myself a little bit farther, which is probably where pops of kind of other styles come out is where I'm trying to stretch it and grow a little bit. But most of it, I think, is just this is who I am and what I what I know most how to do. Yeah, I think that's really funny to hear you say that from like, it's the different perspective from the outside looking in versus vice versa, because I can I could spot your work a mile away. You know, I feel like I know exactly what your stuff looks like. Um, so that's funny that you don't feel like it's exactly a style um, because I definitely I definitely do. Um, so Brandy, what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you? Okay. That's a really good question. I think that, um, I'm going to keep going back to this idea of paying attention, but I feel like that is the absolute core, um, that living a creative life is one paying attention to the world as it is around you, not just looking for what you want to see or what you hope to see. Um, or getting mired in what you don't want to see. Um, so paying attention and then um, having a conversation with the world through some kind of um, creative activity, whether that's painting or drawing or sewing, um, dancing, making music, um, whatever way that is, I think that when we take action and put something out there, whether it be a painting or a drawing or something, we're having a conversation with that world that we're paying attention to. We're like actively participating and being in it. And that's what a creative life looks like to me. I think um, I realized this when I was in school, actually, because I went to school originally and thought I was going to be um, a biologist, which is really humorous now. Um, but I remember feeling like I wanted a break from kind of creative writing and reading and things. And I got in and when we were looking at all of these experiments and scientific possibilities, you still had to have ideas. You still had to be creative about the way you were going to participate with the science. Um, that there are all these practical matters and things that you had to adhere to, but there was creativity in it. And I, this realization, this light bulb went off is that everything we do is creative as long as we are participating in it. Um, it's kind of just a hopeful act to be alive and to like make a cup of coffee in the morning. And so I feel like that is how I live a creative life is to pay attention and participate. That is a, perfect answer. Um, I love that. That's such a, um, good reminder and challenge and like definitely causes friction for me. Like how much am I paying attention, you know, when I'm, when I'm out and doing things. And so I really hope that everyone listening really takes that to heart this week and, and, you know, makes it a, a point to pay attention. So maybe we should, um, have people share with us on under the how she creates hashtag of something that they see, they notice this week differently because they are paying attention. They're taking the brandy method and they are trying to be an observer, but also be um, involved in the world. Um, and bonus points if you make something and share it from your observations and share that with us. 
what is your favorite resource for creativity? What would you tell people they should read, listen to, do, go to? What do you think? So I've been thinking a lot about this and I was thinking I could give a huge list of things um, because obviously I'm a huge fan of just like walking in the public library and bouncing between shelves, let one thing lead you to another and kind of get lost or a used bookshop or whatever that looks like for you. Um, But I am going to keep along the theme of paying attention and I'm going to really invite people to be inspired by their own life. So look at whatever it is that you do kind of keep things in. So I said before I keep a commonplace book where I um, keep little bits and notes and things. I think most people have some form, especially creative, some form of a notebook, some something that they are piecing things together in um, and to look back to that um, to be inspired. I think we already have so much that we carry with us that we've picked up along the way, probably without intentionally meaning to. Um, and I think we just need to dive deeper and back into that um, and kind of pull from those resources. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to be looking out for the pictures that people are going to share with us about what they're observing and um, curating this week under the how she creates hashtag. Um, So Brandy, what is new with you? What, what can we be, where can we be looking for you right now? I know right now you are the guest artist at Get Messy for, um, this season for October and November, and you're doing an incredible job and sharing all of your amazing drawings and drawing skills and ideas with the Get Messy community. Um, but where else can we find you? So, um, Besides the Get Messy Guest Spot, which was amazing, and I love doing so much, um, you can find, I've got two actual uh, product releases in October. Um, I've been doing a series of stamps for Ellen Hudson called the Leading Ladies series. Um, the first one, I think, is apropos because it was the Crafty Lady uh, but I've got a new one coming out um, who I, it might be one of it might be my top two ladies so far. I can't give away more than that, but I adore her. Um, and I think that the listeners might really like her, too. And then uh, I design a bi-monthly uh, kit, paper crafting kit for Feed Your Craft. And October is always our Christmas holiday themed one. And this year is even more exciting because it has... Um, embellishments and like stickers and die cuts and things in it, uh, which I plan to use in many ways, not just memory keeping. So I'm pretty excited about that. The like eight year old Brandy is so jazzed to have her drawings on puffy stickers that she, oh, she can't man. Quite it. Yeah, that's, I mean, if I could just go back to her and say, you just need to keep drawing even when it's not cool because puffy stickers. <gasps> I mean, One I'm day. practically, I'm practically Lisa Frank right now. Not really, but a broken dream. <laughs> yes. Oh, and tell us about your um, weekly digital. Uh, your it's your monthly digital um, journaling cards that you do because I think the last the, the most recent one you did was the Babysitters Club. Um, am I saying all this right? Yes. Yeah. So. Um, It didn't happen at the start of the year, but I did start, it's a year-long project. Every month in my shop, 
Um, I am releasing a set of small prints or journaling cards, depending on how you use them, that are all inspired by um, whatever character from a children or young adult book that I chose for that month. They're my favorites from when I was growing up. Um, they are all uh, female characters. And so, like, my first one was Mary from The Secret Garden. I did Laura from Little House on the Prairie, Eloise. Um, I've done Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird. I've done Ramona, um, Beverly Cleary's Ramona, which is a big favorite of mine. And I just did The Babysitter's Club. Um, and I've got another one um, coming out. I'll have one each month until I'm done. I'm already six months in, which feels crazy. Uh, but they're inspired by my love of reading and what those images that were in my head when I was a kid have come to fruition to be now that I am definitely an adult. Yeah, I think that this series is the perfect um, picture of the whole thing that we've been talking about with you. Your drawings, so much personality, how you're drawing inspiration, how you're translating it. Um they are my favorite thing to look. I look forward to them every time you release a new one because not only are they really, truly beautiful, but they're also really meaningful and really, really exciting. They're exciting for me to like think back to the Babysitter's Club. Um, and I also love hearing and learning your story of why you love these characters so much and what you've learned from them. You know, and that reminder, because you do such a good job of sharing why these you know, little girl lady characters were so important for us and what they taught us as, as women and as girls. Um, yeah. So I think that project is like the perfect culmination of who you are and how fantastic you are and what you do. Um, so we're definitely going to like going to link to those and make sure everyone can find you and can see all these awesome things that you're making. So we'll have the links for that in the, how she creates show notes. Um, and Brandy, tell everybody your Instagram handle, because I like to be able to look people up on Instagram, like right away. So I can get a visual for, um, what they're talking about. Absolutely. It's Brandy with an I underscore Kincaid. Um, so it's pretty easy to find me. And my website is brandykincaid.com. So I'm trying to make it really easy if you are looking for me to be able to find me online. Perfect. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Brandy. I cannot wait for um, everyone to see more of your artwork and for us to see what they get out of this episode and all the inspiration and the things that they are observing and sharing with us under that hashtag. And so thank you so much for being here again, Brandy, and we will talk to you later. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you all so much for listening again. And as a reminder, you can find all the show notes at lauren-likes.com or on Instagram, Lauren Likes blog, and we'll have everything you need there. And we're going to be looking out for you on Instagram under that hashtag, how she creates to see how you have been inspired to get out into the world and observe more, be more present and then make things. So we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. I would love to see how you create. Share what you're making on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with me, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. Grab your art supplies and I'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.